Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Yeah. Dude, we made it. We did it. We were back without uh, two months in between an episode. Who knew we could do it? It was the trade deadline that brings us together. Always does. The Jacob Middleton Memorial Podcast. <laughs> that's right. On to greener pastures, literally, Actually, in green. the logo of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, sharks make a couple of moves around the edges. They pick up another... Uh, mysterious goaltender, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, dude. We got some things to talk about. The Sharks uh, go two and one this week after the trade deadline. Yes, so uh, they are, you know, just doggedly chasing that uh, final wild card spot. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, dude, uh, let's start. Let's start with the trade deadline, shall we? Um, some of the players that we thought might go went and some of the players who we thought might go did not yes so uh we heard the rumbles that the sharks were getting offers for james reimer and matt nieto and nick bonino some of these veterans who have term uh none of those players ended up going anywhere uh the players that left were unrestricted free agents or uh players that were not necessarily even regular roster players and uh nick merkley but the big one, I suppose, uh, it's funny to say the big one because it's talking about Jacob Middleton, who wasn't even a roster player really right. until this year. But the Sharks are able to turn Jacob Middleton into a fifth round draft pick, which you would have thought normally that would have been a way of an overpay, except for how he played this year, which was good. Really good. You know, um, and they get Minnesota Wild former top goalie prospect. Capo Kakanen. That's right. So the Sharks turned Jacob Middleton, who was going into this year probably seventh or eighth on the depth chart. If Kanishov had been healthy, he may not have even made the opening night like roster, mm-hmm. right? That's exactly right. And he turned his opportunity into uh, making himself an actual asset at the trade deadline. And the Sharks get a. Uh, Goalie with some NHL experience, uh, who's a restricted free agent, who's not going to cost them a ton of bucks to re-sign, to continue to explore who the goaltender of the future is here. So enter Kapo Kakinen into that conversation. Thoughts? I don't hate this trade. I don't hate it. And I think we, we spoke about it last week when we spoke about Jacob Middleton possibly being traded. And I don't think either of us was super hot on it because he's... As you said, he was a, a player that had gone way above expectations this year and seemed to be improving. And you don't necessarily want to trade players like that. Oh, yeah, he's... And because if he keeps improving, then all of a sudden that deal doesn't look so good in retrospect. But the fact is, is that the goalie issue for the Sharks still exists. James Reimer has played well, was not dealt, as you said, has only one year left on his deal, but is 36 years old or something like that. And so uh, James Reimer is not the goalie of the indefinite future he's the goalie possibly for next year and Aiden Hill has not been able to seize the job partially because of injury and partially because of lack of quality play so I have no problem getting a highly one-time highly touted goalie prospect for Jacob Middleton 
that sounds good to me. Yeah, I, I like this trade when it went down. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, the Sharks are clearly vulnerable at the goalie position. Um, I'm trying to remove James Reimer from the equation, even though he's played exceptionally well. You know, this is not a long-term solution, right? Uh, because of his age. I mean, I think he's 34, 35, right? I mean, you know, he obviously can continue to play for several more years, right? But, uh, and, and he has made the Sharks better than probably what they deserve to be based on his play, right? Like he has kept them in games and is a huge reason why the Sharks are just bad and not embarrassing, you know, uh, most nights, right? But uh, Aiden Hill was supposed to really be the guy who was, I think we all thought, going to carry the majority of the water this year. And performance plus injuries has not allowed that to happen. So now you have Kokkinen, who enters the picture here. Uh, the deal for Kokkinen, I, I think, uh, is uh, an indictment on their maybe lack of satisfaction in Aiden Hill, right? For I sure. mean, you know, for I sure. think if they were just, oh, he's injured, and when he comes back, you know, we really feel like he's the guy. I don't think they think that. You know, I think that no. they must think, and, and nor should they. I think they think, oh, well, maybe this is not really the long-term solution here. And so bringing in another guy, with NHL experience, who's, I think, 25 years old, who's not going to be very expensive to re-sign. You probably get him on a similar deal to what you signed Hill to this year. And now you've got three guys in the mix for next year. One of them won't be here, you know. Right. You've got to figure that's, I don't know who, you know, probably Reimer. Although you're, you'd be trading him in the offseason, I don't know what you get, right? But um, it'll be interesting. It actually sort of, it clearly strengthens their position at a roster spot that's very vulnerable for them. That's right. And I, sorry, looking at the stats, I had said Reimer was 36. He's actually only 33. So he may have a few more productive years left, but he's not a guy you want to sign to an eight-year deal. Lord knows we have enough of those already. Um, but I think this is, you know, not that I, I have the only uh, opinion like this about goaltenders, but I, I like where the Sharks are going with this, where they're not trying to go out and getting a quote-unquote name goaltender. They're not going and getting Marc-Andre Fleury, for instance, which the Wild did, but the Wild are in a completely different spot than the Sharks. Um, they're getting a guy who isn't really the first goalie on any, anyone's lips in the NHL. And you know what? He may turn out to be a good goaltender. And I think that's the kind of goaltenders the Sharks should go after. They shouldn't be going after these guys who are making a lot of money. And you want him to come in and somehow stabilize the Sharks because it's not going to turn the Sharks into a playoff team. Maybe this guy will be great. He's going to be inexpensive. And having some competition at the goalie position is a good thing. We've seen how investing heavily in goaltending really worked out for the Seattle Kraken. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, in the Sharks, they're going to be carrying Martin Jones for another few years. Sure. And I mean, you know... Dude, that was a tough one with Martin Jones. I mean, when when they had to lock him up, they were coming off of a Stanley Cup final. They were coming off of, you know, year after year of playoff appearance. You know, I don't know if I blame them for the Martin Jones contract. It's really unfortunate how that turned out, right? But if you were in that position again, I I don't I don't know. Of course, if we knew Martin Jones was going to be, you know, chow chow, then yeah, we would we right. would, you know, say don't sign him but i don't think that's where we thought that story was going to end it's funny how the sharks maybe seem to have learned to get young and inexpensive goalies that might improve 
but they don't seem to have learned that lesson for all the other positions. <laughs> they sign players for a lot of money and for a very long time. Yeah. Well, I guess the argument that I've heard made for retaining Hurdle is that there was no way that you could replace him, right? Like you just could not replace a number one center on a team, you know? And if you let him go, you don't have anybody to, to move into that role at all. So for them, I think they felt like they needed to retain him in order to be competitive on any level. Plus, we talked about the other factor there where Hurdle's the most popular player on this team. Yeah. You know, he is, now that Jumbo and Pavs are gone, Hurdle is the one that sells jerseys. You know, I mean, my daughter knows next to nothing about hockey, right? We have a Tomas Hurdle plush. Yes. Like a stuffed animal. Right. Right? Of Hurdle. That's all she knows, right? Mm-hmm. And I, and that's the name that's on the back of those stuffed animals. You you don't have a Jacob Middleton plush being sold not yet. Uh, in, in maybe in Minnesota now. So, dude, I think we agree that was a good deal for a player that you know. I don't know. Middleton might command some salary and term in the off season if the Wild do well, if uh, he performs well, and we wish him well. Um, you know that this may turn into a situation where you'd have to be signing him to some sort of deal that the Sharks shouldn't be getting themselves into because what I like what happened on uh, the last game is Middleton's gone. Guess who played a lot of minutes? Ryan Merkley. Yeah. Guess who looked pretty darn good? Ryan Merkley had some really great moments in that game where he was activating. He showed that skill that you're looking for from him. He, the, the message that was repeated by the broadcast team that apparently the coaching staff is saying to the young players is they don't want them to just be here. They want them to drive play. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you saw that in the Anaheim game. You saw it especially from him. So uh, that's exciting to me. I would way rather see Ryan Merkley play those minutes than Middleton and them having to sign him to some three-year, $12 million contract. Right. Right? Agreed. So um, a positive move, one that I think makes a lot of sense and addresses a real uh, need on the roster. Cogliano, dude, for a... Fifth-round pick. In? 2024. Yeah. So um, not a huge market. Not a, for, blo- not uh, a blockbuster. Right. But I, I do think that there is some value in getting those mid-round picks in later years because, you know, you hope that maybe in 2024 the Sharks can use that fifth-round pick when maybe they're contending for a playoff spot again to get an Andrew Cogliano back, right? So it makes sense. You don't need another fifth-round pick next year, right? No. You, maybe you need it in a couple of years. So actually, I thought that was a pretty darn uh, good return for a player who you know, probably didn't have a ton of value out on the open market. Right. Same value as Ryan Carpenter, of all players. Yeah. Ryan Carpenter also traded for a 2024 fifth-round pick. I wasn't aware he was still in the league. Dude. Dude, looking at some other stuff, there's really some minor minor things. Uh, Alexi Melnichuk was traded to the Lightning for a player I've never heard of, Antoine Morant. Um, yeah, and- I mean, it's a, this this is just a further indictment on the Sharks goaltending system right that they've sent away um three young goalies in the last couple years right they traded 
uh, Burabu or whatever his name was to Colorado in return for, I think it was Malosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they traded um, one of them. I don't even remember. It was one of the goalies to Arizona in the Aiden Hill deal. Right, right. right? Yep. And then they just traded this guy. Right. These were the three goalies that were in the system, right? Yep. They're all gone. Yep. So, Monsachenko, last man standing. And they obviously don't like him that much because they keep bringing in other people. Yeah. So, they bring in Alex Stalock. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> the worst. I mean, oh, uh, dude. What other moves stood out to you as interesting or moves that you think are going to move the needle here in the playoff push, dude? In the playoff push. I, you know, I'm always thinking about the local division. So certainly the one deal that really we talked about the Hampus Lindholm deal last week because it happened before the deadline. Ricard Raquel was traded to the Penguins by the Ducks for a second round pick in three separate players. Ricard Raquel is a good player. And the Ducks have clearly chosen the path they are going to tread here. They are rebuilding this team. And while the Sharks beat them over the weekend and, and uh, what, Timo Meyer had a hat trick. Yeah. Um, which is all great in the short term. I don't think that looks so good for the Sharks next year or the year after. I mean, this team has clearly said, okay, we are going to get younger. We are going to get more picks. And they were able to get a lot of stuff for those two players. The Ducks are going to be good soon. And it it appears like, at least from one thing I was reading on The Athletic, it appears that um, uh, Ryan Getzloff is going to be retiring and possibly stepping into another role within the organization. So right, they're right. going to get even younger here. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're going full rebuild. The Anaheim ducks are. Dude, any other moves? Uh, you know, we see uh, Claude Giroux go to Florida. You know, I think that that's a, a pretty great pickup for that team, dude. Um, any other trades that kind of jump out at you as uh, real impactful moves? Let's look. Yeah, certainly the, the Claude Giroux, I mean, Claude Giroux is not the world beater, the MVP conversation type player that he once was, but Florida has such a fearsome forward lineup right now. Uh, they are so scary up front, and this just adds to an already very deep forward core. It's it's really going to be scary. Well, what about uh, Lekkonen going to the Avalanche from Montreal? I mean, that's, uh, yeah. that's a pretty impactful move. You think uh, Colorado is most definitely... Going for it. They have choked the last two years. Yeah. Uh, will they be able to close the deal this year? I hope so. I've got them in the Vegas draft, right? right. But, um, you know, you, when you, sometimes you see teams just continue to be perennial chokers. And sometimes a team like the Washington Capitals gets over the hump. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Colorado is able to push themselves over the top. Yeah. Yeah, I clearly Florida and Colorado like what they see in terms of uh, their path to the cup, and they're both trying to get better. I, I can't fault either team for that. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, for them, you know, they've got a pretty tough path, right? You you look at um, in the in the central, right? Colorado and Colorado's in the central. Yes, Minnesota got better, man. I mean, you know, they got Flurry. They added. Uh, Delorier from yep. uh, from Minnesota, a couple other pieces. You know, Bill Guerin is in, right? He's in. Uh, that's going to be a tough matchup, right? Um, right now, they would be playing Nashville, right? Um, 
Would Colorado draw the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round right now? Owie. You know, I mean, and even though Vegas has all kinds of injury problems. Yeah, a you lot. Know, that is, you know, that's that's not good. You know, I mean, that's tough, right? That's going to be tough. I mean, I guess your other choice is that you draw um, St. Louis. I wouldn't want to play St. Louis either. So it's not going to be easy, right? You know, you, you've got a situation where... You know, really, you know, Colorado's path is going to be much more difficult than, say, um, you know, Edmonton or the Kings to get to the second round. That's right. You know, like the Kings and Edmonton will likely play each other and one of them will be waiting and Calgary is going to draw either St. Louis, Dallas or Vegas. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. They right? can't be so happy about that. So interesting that like you're actually going to get almost punished for getting the first seed mm-hmm. in the Pacific because you're going to dr- play a much tougher <laughs> opponent than you were if you were second, dude. That's right. crazy, yeah. right? That's crazy. Although, you know, Vegas is not... I I don't think Vegas is the same team that has been in the playoffs the last few years. No, but, just... but they've been there, right? They've been there, and if they can get healthy, and, they've, and now they've got all kinds of salary cap problems, right? And I don't even know if they're going to be able to activate these players as they get healthier. Mm-hmm. But if they do, and you end up facing a team that has the majority of those players on it, well, Colorado should win, right? But it's not going to be not going to be easy for sure. For sure, one of the one of the fun things as a Sharks fan, obviously, is sort of seeing this egg on their face uh, Vegas Golden Knights situation where they trade Dadanoff even though he had a no trade and they traded him to one of the teams he didn't agree to get traded to, and then they had to like take him back, and they're like. Hey, welcome back. And Dadanoff just keeps scoring. He's scoring all week, right? Yeah, right. Really weird. That was a salary cap thing. They were trying to clear space so that they could have later have room to activate some of their injured players. I don't think it had anything to do with them not wanting Dadanoff, you know, but um, yeah, that didn't really work out for them. I don't know whose fault it is, if it's Ottawa's fault, if it's Vegas's fault, if it's Central Registry's fault for not catching that. Somehow, everybody blew it in that situation, and obviously the NHL agreed that Dadnoff didn't have to go. And by right. his right, he said, "I don't want to." Right, right. right. So um, he remains a Vegas Golden Knight, and we'll see if he remains there through the off season. It's got to be sort of awkward, right? But you know, Vegas not always known for treating their players like people. You know, what I mean, like <laughs> yeah, they've yeah. sort of been doesn't make that team's management look that good. No, um, but. It, it's weird. I mean, Pierre Lebrun had a really kind of an interesting article about that whole thing about no trade clause lists and things like that. If if you want to read on the Athletic, it's pretty interesting, dude. I'm I'm. You can see what roster I'm looking at, and one of the things that surprises me about this is if you pick all the teams in second place in the NHL in their divisions, the team with the most points is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, this is something that you wouldn't normally expect, but they are playing well. Of course, Sidney Crosby is killing it as he always seems to be doing. Gensel has 65 points. Chris Letang has 56 points as a defenseman. Brian Rust, 55 points in only 45 games. I mean, this is a pretty good team. I, this, I, it's surprising. Again, it never ceases to amaze how good this team kind of continues to be. Evgeny Malkin is number seven in scoring on this team, only played 30 games, still over a point per game pace. I don't know. Is this a team that's going to hurt somebody in the playoffs? Uh, all I can think about is how much their goalie crapped the bed last year. He was so bad in the playoffs yeah. that they bowed out, right? Yeah. So 
I mean, is is Jari going to overcome that, right? You really know, really nice stats this year. Yeah, he had really nice had nice stats last year too. Right. Dude, click on him. Look at what his stats were in the playoffs last year. Okay, let's look at this, dude. Right. Re- re- read it to me. Read it. Okay, hold Playoff on. Playoff stats last year. Where where am I where am yeah, I? Look, ro- look down. What am I doing? Dude, I don't know what's what happening doing. here. What am I doing? You're on the right-hand side. What? Dude, oh dude. my gosh, dude. I, I don't scroll know down. To... No, dude. I, dude, I don't know. Scroll down. Word. Look at the there. There. What am I? What? Yeah? <laughs> what am I doing? I don't know how to use the website. This is the worst. This is the worst episode no. we've ever had. <laughs> worst episode ever. No, I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, you're going to have to look it up. Because I, I, all I can find is his regular season stats. And I just don't I don't know what I'm doing. This I'm is, looking at the wrong... This, this isn't the site I usually use. Upsetting. But it is upsetting. It's terrible. It's terrible. But he did... Like, let me, let me fill time. Okay, so last year, dude. Last year... Uh, in the playoffs, this this was his statistics. All right, he had a three point one eight goals allowed. Yeah, not good in the playoffs, dude. And an eight 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 save percentage. <laughs> so, ouch. There you have it. Yeah. Okay. This year, nine twenty two, two point three one goals against. Right now, I mean, last year in the regular season, he was not nearly as good as he is this year. Two seven five nine oh nine. Yep. Right. Year before, two four three nine twenty one. I'm just saying that this guy, right, um, has the ability to completely ruin it <laughs> for them. Right. Um, and I hope it happens because I don't have them, dude. I don't. I don't have this team. So you know, um, I just wouldn't feel super excited about going into a playoff run with Tristan Jari. Yeah, I just. I. I don't know. He's I, got a lot to prove, though, and he's only twenty six years old. Sure. Well, dude. Um, I don't know. Maybe he'll be on the Sharks next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Dude, I mean, looking at the like uh, of the teams here, dude. You know, um. Which of the teams in not in first place do you like the best, right? You got Pittsburgh, Tampa, Minnesota, and the Kings. Then you've got the Rangers, the Bruins, the Preds, and the Oilers. It's hard to pick again, take not take the Lightning as well. I mean, the Lightning are a good team. They're still performing at a high level. They have the second most points of any second place team against a tough Panthers and the Bruins and the Maple Leafs. Both have points, too. I guess, you know, the bottom of the division is pretty bad. The Senators, the Canadians, and the Sabres are all bad. So, at some point, they've got to run out of gas. You would think, right? right? At you some point, and they did mess around a lot with their role players, right? So right. I, I just, I think the magic in Tampa Bay doesn't last this year. I think that, you know, they won't be able to, you know, if they have to play Boston in the first round, I could see them not even getting out of that series, right? Right. Um, cause I, I think Boston can taste it a little bit, you know? Um, so we'll see, dude. Uh, I like Florida a lot. You know, I think that I, I'm kind of hoping that they can, uh, make a run dude. But also, you know, for them, you look at them like they could draw the Maple Leafs in the first round, Yeah, you know? So again, being the number one team doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a great matchup. You're gonna get you're gonna you might get a crappy crappy matchup. Although in the East it's all brutal. There's no yeah, yeah. 
There's no L.A. Kings lurking in that playoff picture where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Right. It's I'm looking at the Calgary Flames, who are probably the, the division leader that people are thinking about the least. And I can't really say I think they're going to get very deep in this playoff run, uh, especially if, you, if you're facing some of the other teams we mentioned. But looking at their roster, their uh, top five players are all 28 and younger in yeah. terms of points. This is a young, high-performing team. Uh, Mikhail Backlund is number six. Noah Hannafin's only 25, and he's number seven. Uh, you know, this is a, a young team doing well. I think, dude, if I was in Vegas right now, and I wish I was, if I had to bet on one of the number one seeds to make it to the conference final, I would bet on Calgary because I think they have the easiest road. Right. They they will either get Nashville, Vegas, or St. Louis in the first round. I think they can beat, especially if they get Nashville or Vegas, I think that they can take them out, right? And then you have either Edmonton or LA in the second round. They could take them out too. Yeah. So then they're... They, they could be sneaky cup, you know, cup contenders because Colorado, if they make it that far, whoever makes it out of the central, that's going to be brutal. Yep. Like, I mean, that's it. like that second round matchup. If it's Colorado, Minnesota, that's yeah. going to be brutal. Yeah, that's like tough. that's going to be brutal. And then you figure Calgary and then whoever comes out of the east is going to be brutalized as well. So I don't know, dude. I could talk myself into the Calgary Flames making a run here. Yeah. If they don't have it that hard in the first two rounds, they may be able to come out relatively unscathed and be ready to challenge. We'll see. I mean, they are not the best team, but sometimes the best team doesn't win the cup. That's right. And and certainly getting the right matchup at the right time or just not being injured having a goaltender that's playing well, all those things can factor in. It's not just about how strong your top-end talent yeah, is. Yeah, the stars could just line up right now for them. And, they, they just could. And speaking of a team that doesn't have a ton of top-end talent, I mean, this is... Sebastian Aho for the Carolina Hurricanes has more than a point per game, but he's the only one. And this is a number... This is a, a top-seeded team. Right. And another really young team. Their first uh, 10 players are all well under 30 for the most part. They have some 21-year-olds. They have a 19-year-old in Seth Jarvis. I mean, this is a young team, too. I mean, they are built to be good for a while. Right, right. So, I don't know. I know I have the Hurricanes, uh, but it's hard to see that, you know, this is a team that doesn't have a lot of, like, heavy hitters on the top line other than Aho. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like, it makes you wonder if that's possible. But, I mean, they're clearly getting it done by committee. Dude, I can't wait. I, I'm going to be so into the Vegas Cup this year. I'm, I, I'm looking at it right now. You have the cup here. It's on display. Yep. You're the reigning champion, dude. I want I want to take it back. I want to take it back. Well, dude, I think we've hit most of the playoff picture. You know, the, the individual Sharks games, eh, maybe not quite as uh, important. Uh, the Sharks are, are really not in. Even now, they're but- still not in a playoff the Even thing that I liked wish. about the Anaheim game, right, is that they played, they played, you know, a, a line of basically kids, right? Mm-hmm. Chemilevsky's playing now. Leonard's playing. Let them play. Even if the other guys get healthy again, no, I don't, I don't care. I don't need to see Nieto again this year, right? Right. Let the kids play. Let them make mistakes. Don't punish them and see what happens. 
because you could see Merkley's confidence in the Anaheim game. Like if he can be that, you know, a really dynamic offensive threat, like we know he can be. I mean, that that's something that's worth developing, right? For sure. And it makes you, especially when you have a, a player like Middleton who went from obscurity to, uh, you know, being a valued commodity for a very good playoff team in a matter of a year or two. I don't know. What's the difference between Middleton two years ago and Middleton now? Did he suddenly become some great hockey player? I'm not so sure. It may have been like a confidence thing. It may have just been him feeling more comfortable at the NHL level. Did he really gain a huge skill set in the last 24 months? I kind of doubt it. He emerged this year as as a bit of a, in that Brendan Dillon tough guy role, right? right? And we hadn't really seen him take that on. He sort of found his slot, right? He did. And so... You know, if he's willing to do that, I'll say this too. The other thing, dude, I, I, I want to see Gadjevich and VL out there every single night, every <laughs> night. VL is such he he yeah. has he has it without the dirtiness. He has some Rafi Torres in him. Dude. Yeah, I, yeah. I that guy should play every night. He's a total pain. He's a pain. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Gadjevich is. He he's kind of kind of got a little bit of a nasty to him too. Mm-hmm. Play them every night, and let's see what happens. Agreed. Like because you know they really those two they really really took it to Anaheim. Like they they frustrated them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was fun to watch. And so, I uh, you, you know, dude, I've been talking about this for twenty years. Right? <laughs> I love that type of element to the teams because I think you can see that when you have that. It, it helps. It opens up the ice for the other players. It does. It so does. let them play. Let them play. Agreed. Freewheeling. Do it. Do it. All right, dude. It's, it, hopefully we'll be back again next week. We will. <laughs> no promises. Bye, Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.